0: Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratchard. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts. Stand for truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Family Beacon Podcast. I'm here with Moses Bratchard, and I'm Grace Evans, and we're really excited to be here today. We have a lot to cover, but first and foremost— Something amazing happened last night, or this morning at 12 a.m. Uh, this happened in Texas. And Moses, I think you know what I'm talking about here.
1: This is the first time this has happened in 50 years. Yes,
0: we uh, at 12 a.m. this morning, the most historic abortion ban went into effect um, in Texas, and this is the first time since 1973, since Roe v. Wade, that a state has ever been able to uh, put this into effect this early. Uh, this is the first state to make this law, um, and what am I referring to here? Uh, this law bans abortions after doctors can de- detect uh, cardiac activity, so after they can detect a heartbeat, uh, which usually occurs around 16 or six six weeks after conception. Uh, Uh, So this is a huge win for the pro-life movement. This is very historic. We're thrilled. The pro-life generation is winning. We're changing hearts and minds. Um, And Texas, uh, other states such as Ohio, Georgia, Louisiana, Missouri, Alabama, Kentucky, South Carolina, you know, Bible Belt states have um, tried to pass similar laws such as this, heartbeat bans. Um, But Texas is the first one to make this law. So Other states
1: have passed those bans. But Texas is, is the first one that hasn't been thrown out by a court mm-hmm. before going into effect, which is right. crazy.
0: Right. So it's a huge win. Um, it's it's just amazing. Last night I was so thankful. It's just it's amazing. Um, there is a slight caveat. Am I right, Moses?
1: Yeah. So as you say, Grace, this is the first time since Roe v. Wade that a state has been able to ban abortion this early in pregnancy, mm-hmm. and uh, that that is it's really surprising, actually, that the Supreme Court and and other courts uh, have not uh, stepped in at this point because this is so clearly a violation of the Roe standard, which is that abortion must be legal up until the point of viability. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we want to change that abortion should be illegal at every stage of pregnancy. And it's amazing that Texas is doing this. And so we don't know what we're going to see in the next few days but it's possible unfortunately that the court will step in mm-hmm. uh, and say "Nope we can't we can't do this however right. it's possible that they won't it's possible that they'll let this law stand and that's because it's a law that's different than any other heartbeat abortion ban that we've seen in the United States.
0: Right, exactly. No, it really is because this bill is specifically and intentionally designed to give private citizens, so private Texan citizens, the right to sue abortion providers or anyone who's aiding or abetting this industry. Um, So this calls on pro-life activists like ourselves to mobilize and help enforce the preservation of life. So this is very unique and this is amazing. Um, And you know, so many abortions, over uh, 50,000 abortions, uh, Happen every single year in Texas, oh. and most of those are in the first trimester. So mm-hmm. this, this if this continues, and if this is still in law, which we're really praying for that, we're praying that um, this will continue. Uh, if this, if this is the case, then you know more than eighty percent of abortions will not happen in Texas anymore. Which it's a, it's a huge win for the pro life movement. It's going to save so many children. So we don't know where this will be at when you guys are watching this um, but hopefully hopefully there's still some positive news hopefully yeah no this is the first
1: time this has happened this is right. historic so we we are so thrilled that this is happening mm-hmm. even even if it's even if this law is just in effect for a short amount of time and we hope that's not the case but it is a precedent mm-hmm. and other states can follow this really ingenious type of legislation and and make progress, and we're slowly chipping away at the at the um, the abortion industry, and I think that's amazing. I wanna I wanna before we get into our main topic for today, I have a couple quick more uh, political tidbits to share. More here in Minnesota. So here in Minnesota, like everywhere else in the country, we're preparing for the twenty twenty two elections. I know it's, it's I know it up. seems early, but yeah, it's yeah. it's only uh, thirteen months away. So, uh, one thing to watch as we move into uh, as we move into the political campaign season is the governor's race. Uh, it's going to be a referendum on uh, Governor Tim Walz's response to uh, to COVID, mm-hmm. and and other issues that have ha- defined his administration. Uh, so far, uh, there's been uh, one uh, Republican candidate, uh, Dr. Scott Jensen, former state senator, who has received a lot of attention. Uh, and, but, uh, just today, uh, this week, we may have, uh, we, we do have one new candidate joining the race and one candidate who, who may join the race. So, uh, we have state Senator Michelle Benson, uh, from Ham Lake. And, uh, she is the, uh, I believe she's the chairman of the Senate Health Committee and she's been in the Senate for several years. She's a Republican. So she's jumping in on that side. And then, uh, uh, just, um, this week, Uh, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka, who's been the Senate Majority Leader and architect of a bunch of um, a bunch of uh, great uh, legislation and and, and really mm-hmm. uh, really a, um, a a great leader in the Senate. He is stepping down from his position, and the expectation is that he's stepping down as majority leader to announce a run for governor. So mm-hmm. we, that hasn't been confirmed. Rumor yet. Rumor has it. <laughs> Rumor has it. So uh, what what this could mean is that by the end of the week we could have three really strong candidates for governor. Uh, all three mm-hmm. from the all three Republicans from the state Senate. That's Dr. Scott Jensen. Senator Paul Gazelka and uh, Senator Carlin Nelson. So uh, Minnesota Family Council does not at this point endorse uh, any of those candidates or any other candidates, but we're we're watching this race and we're Mm -hmm. watching uh, the other races in the state, and we will keep you informed about the political developments happening here in Minnesota because uh, the Family Beacon is about helping you get the facts so that you can stand for truth as we approach the election.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: So Grace we got a lot to cover this week.
0: Yes, there is so much. This episode is really just jam-packed. And, I don't know, maybe we can start with you summarizing the transgender dilemma, just giving a little context.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about the transgender issue mm-hmm. uh the transgender issue a little bit today and we're not going to do an exhaustive treatment of it right
0: and we're again gonna, we're not the experts we're, we're not claiming to be the end all be all on no, this
1: topic no 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 there are many people who know so much more about this and and we're going to provide resources for you mm-hmm. so that you can research this and make and, and draw your own conclusions um, we have we have done research on this topic this is something that Grace and I are both passionate about we're passionate about um,
0: Protecting the, children.
1: Uh, protecting children, and the idea that young people who are hurting, and who are being told by the culture that if you, for example, if you have a problem with 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 your body, if you have a problem with your body image, that a real possibility is that you are actually born in the wrong body, that you mm-hmm. that you were uh, that you need to have um, what they now call gender confirmation surgery, mm-hmm. and 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 change the way your body looks, uh, and. Even though you can't change at the deepest level that you are, the sex you were born in, you can't change your DNA.
0: Yeah, you can't play God.
1: You can't play God, although that is definitely what's being attempted. And you
0: can attempt, but you're never going to fully be able to do that. No, know?
1: no, it's true. So, so what, what's what's happening is is that young people, especially young girls,
0: mm-hmm.
1: are being sold a bill of goods. They're being told that you can change your gender, the ch- gender ch- transition will be uh, the key to unlocking um, your happiness and this is so uh, so poisonous and it is uh, unfortunately very attractive to young women in certain situations after puberty mm-hmm. when when there t- tends to be n- not just the hormonal changes of puberty but also the changes in in your body that happen both for boys and girls that that can create a even a, a self-loathing and just mm-hmm. a feeling of discomfort in your own body. It's a horrible feeling. And when that is uh, combined with a sense that maybe you uh, belong in a different body, mm-hmm. that's called gender dysphoria. So that's what we're talking about today. We're going <laughs> to approach that through the lens of some uh, current news stories that are happening, mm-hmm. um, and 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 we hope that w- – and, and, and we're going to give you some action steps at the end so that hopefully – you can take this information. You can draw your own conclusions, and you can become uh, become informed on this issue because it's so important. And unfortunately, we're seeing it more than ever.
0: Yeah, and we're really we're also seeing you know anxiety and depression skyrocket. Yes, and, as we talked about last week. Right, we talked about that last week. One of the causes, of course, is you know the fact that we live in a digital age. That's a huge uh, contribution to depression in my generation. But also, you know, the transgender dilemma and everything. That, that also contributes to depression and' it's, it's sad to see my generation so lost and so sad. Um, yeah
1: so. yeah I think so let me let me shall I break it down for you? Mm-hmm. Okay so break it down Let me break it down. This is the bottom line. God's design for you, for me, for grace, for everyone in this world is for us to come to embrace the identity, male or female, that God has given us. That goes back to Genesis where God creates male and female. They are unique. They are good. That design, God calls that design good. They are separate from each other and yet the same, the same species. And each of us at the genetic level is marked with chromosomes XX or XY. I'm, I'm sorry to take you back to eighth grade bio- biology for a moment, but the reason I'm doing that is because that's what's being denied right now. The idea, yeah. like, you, you we, we hear about the difference between sex and gender. Gender is this um, really an invented term from the 60s that is about, you know, how you express. Are you a more feminine or more masculine, what have you? And there's a, there's a gender spectrum, etc. But now... Now you'll even hear that sex is not binary. Mm-hmm. Male and female, those aren't the only options. Mm-hmm. There are all sorts of different options on a rainbow of fun and interesting genders and sexualities. No, that's not true.
0: <laughs> it's, not, it's not true. You know, in, it's not in line with the Bible, but it's also not in line with science, right. which is ridiculous because the, the, the party and the political landscape that normally argues for science and says we're on the side of science denies science, with this issue, fundamentally denies it. I mean, they deny it with abortion too, but they deny it here as well. And science is crystal clear on this issue. You know, there's male and female. There's not different genders or different sexes. Yeah, so, it's
1: it's really it's it's such a it's such a strange, strange thing that's taking mm-hmm. place. It's like for those of us who are are uh, raised in a historic biblical understanding of of sexuality of of how Male and female are supposed to work it's just it can be mystifying and and really frightening to see this happening among our friends uh, you know relatives uh, children for those of us who are older to see this taking taking root and um it's it's this this has been studied there's a phenomenon called rapid onset gender dysphoria, and that's the idea where let's say you have a peer group of mm-hmm. of girls let's say seventh eighth grade and if one of them uh, comes out, quote unquote, as transgender, as saying, "I, I actually am a boy or non-binary. I'm, I'm not going to choose uh, male or female. I'm just going to be a uh, somewhere in between." When that happens, there is this crazy uh social group mentality social pressure thing that happens where girls in that social group are much 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 more likely mm-hmm. to themselves identify as transgender whereas if they are in a different social group and where they are not exposed to that they would not have ever uh you know experienced this and so what what that points to is not is the idea that transgender uh the transgender issue is not a thing that's baked in. You are not born in the wrong body and suddenly discover yeah. that you need to take um, dangerous are... cross-sex hormones or quote-unquote gender confirmation uh, uh, surgery, which we'll talk about a little bit, but rather is social contagion. It's a thing that's happening in our culture that is right. not real. It is. It is a... Uh, a a mass delusion that is afflicting young people, and the fact that it's afflicting young people, I think is the most tragic part
0: mm-hmm.
1: because these children these...
0: are being taught something that isn't true right by mainstream culture and it's so sad
1: right so so we uh, we want to talk about a couple stories uh mm-hmm. that that about this issue, and then things you can do things that things that you can do to to not give in to the lies, but rather to spread the truth. So, I want to talk uh, first about um, a really tragic story. Mm-hmm. Just just James one Younger. tragic story that is um, that is uh, emblematic of a trend uh, mm-hmm. that's going on. So many of you are probably familiar with James Younger. Mm-hmm. All, He's on all
0: the headlines right now. Yeah, many it, people it, are following the story.
1: It, it, it's a story that attracted a huge amount of attention. Um, James Younger is a young man um, in Texas. He's um, uh, less than 10 years old, and he and his brother live, um, uh, their parents are divorced. They live sometimes with their father, sometimes with their mother. James Younger, uh, under the influence of his mother, uh, started wanting to dress up uh, in girls' clothes and, uh, and go by the name of Luna. And uh, when he was with his father, uh, and this continues today, it appears that when he's with his father, he doesn't have the desire to do that. Mm-hmm. But with his mother, and uh, for whatever reason, um, possibly because she's encouraging it, he does exhibit traits of, of gender dysphoria, of being uncomfortable with uh, with being a boy. Whereas with his father, Uh, he seems to be a happy, healthy boy who's playing with his brother roughhousing, just like any other normal, normal young boy. So that is a, uh, so horrifying thing. So the first problem there, of course, is the broken home. Kids Mm -hmm. need a mother and father. Uh I come from a broken home. I can speak to the necessity of having a mother and a father in the home who love you. And, not that that's going to protect you from every possible thing that's going to be out there, but that is a, the first safety net that children have mm-hmm. against what's going on in a hostile world that does not have the best interests at heart. Unfortunately, James Younger has been exposed to these forces, saying, "You are a you're you're unhappy. You're a girl. You know you're you're maybe slightly more feminine. Maybe maybe not as masculine as some other boys. You must be a girl. It's absurd." So, the most recent story—the uh, most recent uh, story in that case—is that the judge, a, a judge in Texas, has given full custody of the boys to their mother, and this is a really damaging because it does seem so obvious. If you've been following the story, it does seem so obvious that his mother, James Younger's mother, is um, is is not helping him. She is not helping him resolve this in a healthy way, mm-hmm. which would be to accept him himself as a boy, as someone who may or may be less masculine or more masculine. That's fine, but is not, certainly is not a girl, is, mm-hmm. is not a girl, cannot claim to be a girl, cannot become a girl. There's no way to do that.
0: Right, his mom is failing to affirm what God has, the body that God has blessed him with.
1: Right, and it's, it's, it's horrifying to see that. Mm-hmm. And, and I just he want to like say they're seven there
0: are years old or something too.
1: Seven or eight, nine, ten. He's so young. Very young, and
0: yeah.
1: and, uh, and it, it's so sad. And the thing about for every James Younger, the case that we hear about, there's cases that we don't hear about, including here mm-hmm. in Minnesota, cases that I'm not able to speak about, mm-hmm. uh, cases that where details are not public, where identities are not public, and horrifying, tragic stories. And and that is um, so. I just want to say right now at at this moment. The Minnesota Family Council is able to help in those situations. Mm -hmm. We have resources, some of which we're going to talk about today, so that if you have a relative, a child, a nephew, a niece, uh, a friend who is going through gender dysphoria, we can help. Mm -hmm. We can help in, in various situations, connecting to trusted counselors, Connecting to uh, to legal help because unfortunately this issue sometimes really gets tangled up with the law, Mm -hmm. and um, so the James Younger case is such a worst possible scenario. If you know someone in that situation, if you contact us, we hopefully, Lord willing, can help it not get to that point, not get to that point where there is. Now this, this poor boy is in full custody of his mom mm-hmm. who thinks that he's a girl. Mm-hmm. That's the scenario we're in. In this case, when, when this type of thing happens with young kids,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's often the parent who's driving it. That's, that's well known. Because
0: right, kids are very impressionable at a young age. Yeah, you know, They're being formed and they're, they're, they trust their parents, right? Most of the time kids tr- trust the adults in their life.
1: And right. They they trust the adults in their life. So when, when this is happening at age three, when you hear, oh, no, my little three-year-old is actually a girl, mm-hmm. that is the parent making a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a name for this, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Look it up. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and then when it, when it's happening among older kids, uh, t- tweens and teens, then it's, it's among the influence of peers. And it, not just peers in person, but people on Tumblr and TikTok and just the Internet at large. And, and, you know, kind of a theme that we've hit a couple times of how the Internet is so dangerous to kids. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that you can be exposed to on the Internet is the idea that I'm uncomfortable with my body. I must be a member of the opposite sex. It is absurd from one level. And then in another level, it it, like it's it's increasing. And I want to share one one anecdote about how this is increasing. When Horrifying uh, stat, and we'll we'll put this up on the on the video and, and share it in the show notes. So one thing that happens for uh, for girls and women, mm-hmm. uh, but also boys uh, who uh, boys and men who who experience gender dysphoria is that they they want to have um, gender confirmation surgery. So in mm-hmm. the case of a girl who identifies as a boy, that would in many cases mean and. Trigger warning. Yeah, content
0: warning if you have kids in the car.
1: Yeah, this is that would that would mean uh, removing breast tissue um, or uh, in the case of a a girl who wants to present as a boy uh, or adding breast tissue in the case of a boy who wants to present as a girl. So plastic surgeons do this and Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a elective mastectomy uh, would be the would be the term uh, for having the breast tissue removed. And I'm looking at the data, and it is horrifying. This is according yeah. to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. In 2015, so six years ago, there was a total of fewer than 3,000 elective, um, elective breast surgeries for gender dysphoria. Not wow. for reasons like um, you have the breast cancer gene, so you're right. proactively right. doing that. But, and, and not for you literally have cancer. But in this case, for gender dysphoria, there were fewer than 3,000 per year. Now in 2020, there are almost uh, there are more than 12,000. There are more than there are wow there are 12,500, including more than 8,500 for women and girls, and this is this is shocking. Mm-hmm. We we went from in in 2015 3, 1,380 oh, 1, That's crazy. 1,380 uh, girls and 1,360 mm-hmm. boys, and and then now we're at 88,500 girls wow. and 4000 boys who come to a place where they decide to take this horrifying dramatic step of going under the knife and to remove or to add breast tissue and it's just so it's it's so horrifying like that that's happening um it's it's just it 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 really like my heart breaks like i'm i'm the, I mean, I'm I'm angry about this. I'm angry that our society has let it get to this point. But mostly, right. I'm sad. I'm so sad and heartbroken for the kids for whom this seems to be their only option.
0: Right. If a kid feels like he or she's only option is to mutilate or have their body changed, um, this is a, to be comfortable and to be accepted by society. This is a child that is very, very deeply hurting, and it's that that means there's so much, so much trauma and and Absolutely. so much going on in their mind, and so really. Our response as Christians needs to be compassion and truth.
1: Um, compassion and truth—that's so important. So we we love mm-hmm. them. We don't we don't we don't engage in any like we don't slur them. You know we don't right. we don't call right. them names. No,
0: absolutely not. That's we invite not them to church. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: But we don't we don't. Um, confirm them or affirm them in something that is false. Right. And And this gets into a tricky issue, doesn't
0: it? No, yeah. I think this is so controversial in culture right now because, you know, the world sees love as synonymous with tolerance. Like, love equals affirming everyone and every decision they're going to make. And just and saying, you're right on everything. Whereas the Christian worldview doesn't see love as that. That isn't what love is. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do for someone is to speak the truth, even if they don't want to hear it, and even Absolutely. if they disagree about that truth. And so that that's very controversial. Um, but you know, truth is not relative. Truth is objective. And right. so if it is, uh, speaking that truth, is often the most loving thing that you can do. That's not to say there isn't nuance that you shouldn't say things a certain way in certain situations. Absolutely be respectful, be aware of your surroundings, but at the end of the day, speaking the truth in love is the most important thing we can do because we can't confirm this lie that children need to mutilate their bodies or have their bodies mutilated to be fulfilled because... Depression rates skyrocket after uh, children undergo transitioning treatment and yes. and surgeries. That's not loving. It's not loving to add more trauma to an already traumatic situation. It's not loving to give them a solution that isn't going to solve anything.
1: That's absolutely right. And you know, most most people who identify as transgender um, will will not have the surgery. They will right. generally right. Uh, the 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 majority choice is just to to to. Ma- this is almost almost as bad to take cross-sex hormones. Um, but, but sometimes there's just not even that. There's no medical or surgical intervention. And someone is just dressing in the clothes of the opposite mm-hmm. gender, choosing a name from the opposite gender, and using the pronouns of the opposite gender. So this is a tough situation for Christians because, you know, we're, we... we uh, kindness is a fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. uh, we want to be kind and gentle to people who are hurting that's that's real that's a real thing that we need to do that we're called to do as Christians yes. and yet as grace said we don't want to confirm someone in something that is a lie yeah so do we address people by the pronouns they choose mm-hmm. do we put pronouns in our bio on on right. social media
0: and that's platforms? a huge topic you know in gen Z like I I was I popped into Moses's office a few weeks ago and I was like hey Moses this is So many of my friends, people I knew in high school, are putting pronouns in their bios. How should we think about this? It's, it's, it's.
1: And these people, you know, they're not transgender, right?
0: No, no, they're Christians, and and they, you know, will put he slash him in their bio, she slash her. So this whole trend of pronouns and bios on social media, and just pronouns in general in our culture, is something that's really common in my generation, and it's hard to know. Mm you know how to address it and as Christians what our response should be but Moses we're doing an unwoke video on this topic aren't yes, we yes we
1: are this is this is as kids go back to school mm-hmm. as you you know maybe i actually talked to a, i talked to a kid uh, this summer and you know he's you know getting ready to go back to school and over the summer one of his classmates mm. identified as began identifying as transgender he's in high school like that is just crazy that that's happening so we need to address that we need to help christians understand like what do we do with this whole right. trend of putting pronouns in our bio when we're not transgender but we're uh, we see Christians doing that as what they believe to be an act of kindness toward right. and in solidarity with their, their friends uh, who are transgender. I also want to do a plug for the video that we have done mm-hmm. on this issue.
0: Yeah, what's the title of that video?
1: It's called, uh, it's one of our Unwoke videos, mm-hmm. and it's called Helping Kids and Teens Who Struggle with Gender Identity. And that hopefully will be a video, uh, and we'll have that in the show notes we hope that that will be a video that you can share with friends and family who may be on the fence about this issue. This is a really controversial issue. It is. it's, people are so angry on both sides of this. And we want to take a little bit of the heat of, of, out of that and apply biblical truth here. And, and as, as we said, we don't want to slur anyone. We don't want to call anyone names. We want to love people, but we also want to affirm the truth of the Bible and of science that mm-hmm. we are created male and female And it is not loving. It is unloving to affirm someone in their desire to transition to another gender. And, you know, don't take our word for it. Google Mm -hmm. detransitioners. Do
0: your own research.
1: Google detransitioners. Do your own research. Find the people who have realized that this is damaging, that this is Mm -hmm. a social contagion that's infecting our culture. People who, uh, and it is often uh, young women, Young women who have identified as transgender. Some of them, you'll 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 watch them, and it's sad because if they've been on testosterone for any period of time while they identified as transgender, they their voices will be permanently deepened, and mm-hmm. and it's it's sad to hear. And and many of them and can will, cause infertility too. Can cause infertility, so higher sad. higher risks of cancer and heart disease from those male uh, hormones. And so, but but then, they, then they've come to a point where the scales have fallen from their eyes, and they no longer mm-hmm. identify as transgender. They identify as women, which is mm-hmm. amazing because they're affirming, they're affirming. No, 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 no. This was bad. The best thing for me is to accept who I am. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just want to. Th- this topic can get so heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, we have a couple a couple things that are a little bit more positive. The bottom line before we get to that is, our culture has taken in a lie that it is possible to change genders, and we are uh, we are attempting to do that by giving dangerous medication. Our culture. Our, our culture is attempting to do that by giving dangerous medication and dangerous, irreversible, disfiguring surgeries to very young people, including minors.
0: Yeah, and, and what 10-year-old girl is ready to make a decision that will impact the rest of her life about about whether she'll be able to have kids or not?
1: Absolutely. No one. No one yeah. should be making the decision. Right. A parent should not be making a decision. A, uh, a a school should not be making a decision about whether to address a 10-year-old by a completely different name just because the 10-year-old feels different. You know, I, I, had, a, I had a girl... Uh, in my class, when I was in um, uh, eighth grade, she was a year below me, mm-hmm. and she claimed that she was an elf from Lord of the Rings. And and she was she was one hundred percent serious about this. You could not get her to to admit that she mm-hmm. was human. I, I know I know it sounds hilarious, but she uh, and she 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 would like wear her hair in like a kind of a Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson elf style. Mm-hmm. And this went on for a long time, and yet it was a phase. Now she's a completely normal person, Mm -hmm. and and that's a kind of a frivolous example. It's much much worse if kids are saying I'm another gender, and adults in their lives, and adults in their lives are saying, "Great, let's surgically alter you." Right. So so this has
0: huge implications for the rest of their life.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I think one one awesome thing that we can do to, to fight this is the new Help Not Harm campaign. Mm-hmm. Grace, tell us about that.
0: Yeah, so the Help Not Harm campaign is something that uh, is put out by Family Policy Alliance, which we are affiliated with. Um, they're, you know, they work on policy issues nationwide, but they are based out of Colorado. Uh, we love what they do. Their new campaign is called Help Not Harm, like Moses just mentioned. Um, this is their tagline. This is on their website. Uh, you can go to familypolicyalliance.com. Um, and it says, kids are not exper- not experiments. Kids are not experiments. Yes. When a child is struggling, they need compassionate care, not experimental hormones and surgery. And uh, that's, that's great. Their messaging is amazing on this. Um, they walk through the problem, you know, what's the problem we're facing? The problem we're facing is that, you know, uh, children are waking up and saying that I feel like I'm in the wrong body. And like Moses mentioned earlier in the episode, oftentimes it's because of uh, social pressure from peers and friend groups. Right. So they're waking up and saying, I think I might be a boy, mom or dad. Um, may- and so maybe she's developed those feelings on her own, or maybe she's been influenced um, by it. Maybe she's been influenced by it online or at school. Uh, and, this is concerning for parents because a lot of you know christian parents are like how do i deal with this and um a lot of you know more secular parents are going to rush them to go get this these surgeries uh and so this campaign really it summarizes the problem and uh, i could go more in depth but it summarizes the problem i'm going to read one key quote here um and this states, whatever the cause is, one thing is crystal clear. A child who believes she must alter her body in order to be comfortable in it is a child who is deeply hurting. Mm-hmm. So that really touches on what we just talked about in uh, previously about five minutes ago. Um, it's uh, It hits it right on the head. Um, this campaign also lists the possible side effects and outcomes of transitioning as treatment. Um, I'll list them here for you, and you can again, you can see this online. Uh, one, sterilization, uh, permanent changes to mm-hmm. voice, increased risk of cardiovascular problems and osteoporosis, uh, loss of ability to experience pleasurable sensation during intercourse, scarring and irreversible changes from surgeries, and continued mental health issues, as we've talked about extensively. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is—I'm going to read one more thing, too, here from the website—it uh, when a child is struggling to accept his or her biological sex, transgender activists will send that child a message to be yourself. In reality, this is a message that says change your body chemistry makeup, be yourself except, um, you know, when you want to change your, amputate your healthy body parts, and also you should change your appearance with surgery. This is what the world is telling children. Um, so this, this uh, do no harm campaign is a – or help not harm – Help Not Harm campaign is uh, a good resource for anyone yes. who wants to take action now.
1: It's so important to it's so important to change the narrative on this mm-hmm. issue. Like we cannot let the people who are for disfiguring children and we cannot let them claim that they're acting in the children's best interest. That's the cultural milieu that we're in. Educators, like we were talking about last week, the the principal uh, at the school here in Roseville, Mm -hmm. Minnesota, calling it uh, bigoted BS to claim that, that, you know, uh, boys and girls are boys and girls. There's nothing that you can do fundamentally to change that. You can change the way you dress, the way you look. You can have disfiguring, permanent, altering surgeries, and you still cannot change that fundamental fact. And and that's something that people have to realize, work within the limitations given to us by God rather than trying to, as Grace said earlier uh, today, to play God. And Mm -hmm. so the Help Not Harm campaign is so cool, I think, because and this just came out this week, by the way. Mm -hmm. And And, we signed off on it, right? uh, We are we are signed on uh, this campaign. You'll you'll be seeing more of this Mm -hmm. from us because we need to change the narrative. Yep, Kids are
0: not experiments. Kids deserve better than this. We should not be lying to children. We need to protect children. And that's really what this petition is all about. So we'll send this out in the wrap this week, right, Moses? Yes. So you can sign on to this. Um, really simple, just name, email. Uh, and that just, it help, It will help you call on lawmakers to protect children from these evil practices that are hurting children. Uh, and so, you know, now you might be asking, okay, what other steps can I take? You know, I care about this. I care about Grace, children. what other steps can I take? What other steps can you take, Moses? <laughs> Good question. So number one action step of course you can sign this petition which highly encourage each of you to do um be educated that's so important on any issue that we're facing because if we're not educated in what's going on then how are we going to be able to speak that truth um so i have a few book recommendations moses maybe you have more but top ones for me love thy body by nancy piercy wonderful book Mm. everyone should read that um irreversible damage by abigail schreier also a wonderful book, and then uh, *Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self* by um,
1: Carl Truman. Carl
0: Truman, yep, Carl Truman. So those are three great books uh, if you just want to be learning more about, um, just learning more about the cultural moment that we're in. I don't the, know if you the have the
1: irreversible anything. damage one um, is really amazing mm-hmm. and and just like. It's so controversial that Target almost stopped selling it. Or they did stop selling it for a day or two and then reinstated it because... Did it,
0: Amazon stop selling it? Is that? I, mean,
1: I think Amazon is still selling it. Okay. And, uh, but there are employees at Amazon who are like, you need to ban this book because it's transphobic, quote unquote. And because Abigail Schreier is laying out of the book, I actually don't know how to pronounce her last Schreier. name. Schreier um, I don't know. Abigail is awesome mm-hmm. um, she is like she's just the secular journalist and she's just laying out this is why mm-hmm. this is bad it is bad when you have thousands and thousands of girls who didn't think they had a problem the year before right. suddenly deciding that they're male and going through these irreversible tragic steps that we've talked about right. one other resource um, that that we actually have put together ourselves is the gender resource guide. Mm-hmm. And so here, that is for the camera. I will I will link to that in the show notes. It's free. It's online. It's being used mm-hmm. by parents and school districts across the country. We have a deal with Family Policy Alliance that distributes this across the country, and we have worked with groups in other foreign countries, including Hungary and Norway.
0: Oh wow! I didn't know that, Moses. Yeah, yeah that's awesome.
1: Yeah, to to uh, to share this with countries uh, in the world because uh, around the world because this has. Uh, Real research on Mm -hmm. how parents can can work on this issue in a loving, science-based way, where we're not, you know, uh, we're not yelling slurs at people, but rather genuinely, uh, genuinely devoted to helping children. So that's uh, genderresourceguide.com is where you can download your free copy of the Gender Resource Guide, which we produced Mm -hmm. with a lot of love and a lot of research. And uh, that is an amazing, um, an amazing
0: yeah. uh,
1: resource. That and people, people have told us how helpful that has been for them. It continues to open doors for us in terms of here in Minnesota, just addressing groups of parents, addressing school districts. So that's what we're going to keep doing. And
0: we'll link, we'll link all these resources down below, all the books mentioned, and the parent resource guide, so that you can access those easily. So those will be in the show notes.
1: So Grace, a lot of, a lot of stuff in this episode. Um, what are, what are do you think the key takeaways here?
0: I think the main things we're seeing in culture right now. You know, obviously kids are hurting. Kids are hurting. Yes. Um, and we need to protect kids. So uh, kids are hurting, and they're severely depressed. And we need to stand against that. And we need to give them the compassionate care that they deserve. Uh, but we're also seeing this emphasis of your personal truth versus objective truth. Mm. We're seeing that in so many ways. But we're also we're seeing this in this movement specifically yes. in the transgender movement. Um, it's all about if if you feel that this is right then that's right and objective truth is thrown out the window so be aware of that and uh be on the guard for that because it can sneak in um the you know personal truth is sneaking in and it's taking over control in our culture
1: and that carl truman book could be a great...
0: yeah the carl truman book uh rise and Triumph of the modern self is great on that and then secondly there's this elevation of feeling and emotion over all else and uh Again, Carl Truman actually talks about that too in his book, but just lived experiences being elevated above objective truth. So those things do tie into each other, but that's what we're seeing in our culture, and ultimately kids are hurt by that.
1: Kids are hurt by that, and mm-hmm. you know, we have talked about God's design today a little bit. How in Genesis we see clearly that God designs us as male and female, uh, not, not. And, but, or. (laughs) There is a clear distinction between men and women that really is down at the basic level and one cannot become the other. But that's not the only message the Bible has for us when we're dealing with this issue. The primary message that I think we need to take away for people who are hurting because of this issue, who are going through gender dysphoria Mm -hmm. or who have a friend or relative who is dealing with this, is that the blood of Jesus is sufficient for the suffering and for the pain that that person is going through. And furthermore, that the Holy Spirit offers hope. And Christianity is not secondary to what we're doing here at Minnesota Family Council. It is the center and core and the reason for what we're doing and you know we can talk about the science-based reasons why there are two genders, which is, which is real. But ultimately, when we come to helping people get out of this, you can tell someone, there are only two genders. You can't change your gender. Yes, but fundamentally, what do we need to tell them? What is the fundamental message we need to say? Jesus loves you and wants you to thrive in his love mm-hmm. Thrive by accepting and taking joy in an expression of your sexuality that is in line with God's design, rather than fighting God's design. And
0: He specifically created your body for you.
1: Absolutely, and that's just—I'm going to get emotional here, but you know, the the, the gospel—the gospel offers forgiveness mm-hmm. of sins. It offers, uh, it offers Christ compassion and, and compassion and. Like we we can't get away from that with this issue. Mm-hmm. It it is so central. Uh, we we can we can get lost in facts and figures, and and forget that that is the reason that we're here. So I mm-hmm. I don't want us to do that. And so um so the the main thing we should do is pray, mm-hmm. pray for pray for people in our lives who are dealing with this. Pray that our culture would cease pr- uh, promoting this lie, and. Uh, On that note, on a call to prayer, it is time uh, to wrap up this week's episode of The Family Beacon. Thank you so much for watching. Get the facts, stand for truth on this issue and on every issue. I'm Moses Bratchard. I've been here with Grace Evans. Thank you so much for watching.
0: Thanks for listening to or watching this episode of The Family Beacon podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MNFamilyCouncil and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts. Stand for truth.